you were to ask me to put money, even money, on us playing Virginia and Georgia Dome Labor Day night, I'm going to pick the knot. I can't say that with any certainty. I'm just saying if you make me pick one. But if you also make me pick us playing a college football season at some point this fall, a college football game is happening at some point this fall, I'll take the we will. What's up, Georgia Bulldogs fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 233 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. It's been 11 weeks since we were recording a podcast episode that didn't take place on Zoom or Skype. So naturally, I'm pleased to announce that my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me outside on the back deck at my house and more than six feet apart as we recorded this show. In it, we share what we've been up to. We share our thoughts on what's been going on in our lives and how we're dealing with the separation and no sports. And a good bit of the episode is spent speculating on what needs to happen by Major League Baseball, the NBA, and other sports leagues to get things back up and running. And as Will points out, everyone needs to be pulling for these pro leagues to kind of figure it out, figure out a way to get back on the field if we want the chance to enjoy college football this fall. There's plenty of Georgia football talk as well and opinions shared. So as always, thanks for tuning us in. And a quick heads up, the audio might fluctuate a little bit. We had to record this episode on three different devices because of how far we were sitting apart from each other. So uh, I tried to do the best in the uh, post-editing software and everything, but there's some moments. Let's just put it that way. But appreciate you tuning us in today. Here's Will to get it all started. So, hey, gentlemen, uh, we should probably explain. Our, first off, it's really good to see you guys. It's, it's oh, good, I'm so it's, happy to see real people. It's, it's, it's good to see anyone. That's right. But it's particularly good to see you guys. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, we are on uh, Scott's back porch here uh, in in uh, Watkinsville, uh, Georgia, I believe. And um, we uh, w- do not be confused by uh, the official photo that we took of this. We did put on our mask for that photo, but we are doing a maskless podcast. Because we're, uh, we're also nine feet away from each other. Yes, we are plenty of feet, plenty of feet away from each other, one another. This is our socially distancing podcast. I know we did one over Zoom, but I'm glad. I think this is good. It's a beautiful night. We're all outside. Uh, and uh, there's a, actually a lot to talk about. So, uh, to say least, how, how are you guys hanging in uh, uh, generally? What I miss? Uh, what's been going on? What's been happening going on with everybody? Everybody? Everybody feeling good about the planet? Uh, I've turned into a gourmet griller uh, after nine or ten weeks of uh, grilling just about every week where I would go six months at a time without touching my big green egg. Now I am uh, I'm grilling every Saturday. Is and that a metaphor? I don't. Huh? Is that a metaphor? I don't know. No, you no. Young people I'm just, are. Slang. I'm so I'm such a novice. I don't. I wouldn't even know a big green egg metaphor. But uh, I've, I made friends with it. And uh, the the thing that really warms my heart throughout this is we've started some new traditions. We eat on the the porch right here every Saturday evening after I grill, and I grill way too much food because I meet my dad halfway between here and Stone Mountain and give him all the leftover ribs or pork or chicken because he has to be careful because my mom has Alzheimer's and she's very you know susceptible you know immunocompromised whatever and he's being very vigilant about it so you know it's just kind of a neat thing because he sends me texts all week long look what i'm eating he'll he's he's become a food photographer because he sends it to me so he's an instagram food guy. yeah That's so great. you know i mean looking back when i look back whenever the cobble is, hill brooklyn when this exactly is exactly and, and i've said whenever this is all over i'm gonna look back at the fond memories of the new traditions we started and just those saturdays and sundays that i get to go and Share food with my dad. He'll be like, Gowanus, that's so 2009. Please. Oh, 
gosh, are we still do? Are we still doing cocktails? Are we selling that? Are we selling that? <laughs> so, what are y'all up, up to? Y'all have any new traditions? Um, well, you know, we have uh, we, we got a pool, and uh, we had to, we we planned to have it installed um, in the middle of March back in May, which. Uh, it got pushed into very early April, which was um, disconcerting uh, because, we're, you know, well, everything gets shut down. Um, it's not unsurprisingly, people that work outside and are generally apart from each other, they stayed busy. And uh, we got the pool installed. You know, the only other thing I have expanded my cooking repertoire. If you if you know me, if you see me, you you you, you don't get a body like this without being able to cook. Um, so I have, I've picked up a few things I've wanted to really hone. I've always wanted to be able to do a really good, um, fried rice, which I have, have gotten really good at over the past few weeks. Um, and you know, I've, I've, I've done meatloaf, like it's meatloaf's not a thing that I've ever done, but I've, you know, I've tried an Alton Brown recipe that I've, I really liked and more importantly, the kids liked. Um, and I'm sneaking more and more vegetables in their food <laughs> unbeknownst to them, which is also good. Um, the other thing is, you know, we... I, I've, I've come to find out, hey, I really like my kids, even it's, as teenagers, which mm-hmm. is... Um, it's, it's a funny thing to learn, right? Yeah, well, you know... It's I, not, no, I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I get it, man. It's not that, it's not that you, don't, you don't know that you don't like right, them, right, but you're always... Look, it's, it, we, there have been multiple nights where we sat on our porch and Chris is like, what are we doing right now? And it's like, well, let's see. Somebody would be at Veterans Park or on the way back from Veterans Park. Somebody would be on the way back from a track meet and somebody would probably also be working at the concession stand at a soccer match at Oconee County High School, um, you know, we would have eaten uh, a half a Subway sandwich, uh, a handful of potato chips, and whatever else the kid, other kids didn't eat from Burger King or McDonald's, and that would have been our night for, that's that's always our night in right. April and May as, you know, softball band track parents. And um, it, it, we've come to find out that, uh, you know, our, our kids are actually pretty awesome and self-directed in a way I didn't expect. All of their grades have gone up, and it's not a you can't make work. I mean, they basically locked their grades in on March thirteenth, at least in Oconee County. All three of the kids' grades have gone up, which is stunning, right? Um, because you know, hey, I, I, I was a, I was a fourteen year old one time. If if you'd have told me that my ninety four was locked in uh, in <laughs> in in algebra in ninth grade, I'd been like all in. I'm done. I, I've just been, I, I would have been like, nah, I'm going to go outside and play ball. I'm right. going to do something. And the kids are, they get up every morning and work hard and they're, they're like really pushing to the end. Um, my, my oldest took her first AP placement test, um, for, for gov, AP gov. Um, and she like literally was stressed out over it. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to get the high school credit. She's like, I really want a five. So I get college credit. That's a ninth grader, right? <laughs> I was not nearly that motivated in ninth grade. Um, and I'm not sure she would have been that motivated if she'd had, you know, band and soccer and track and all the other stuff she has. So um, it's the the other thing that is, um, I don't know, y'all, I'm sure you know this about me. I'm, I'm an extrovert. And um, I was it, worried about you specifically. Dude, it, there have been times and, and we'll talk a little bit about because when we talk about sports, we'll talk a little bit about um, kind of my coping mechanism with this. There have been times where I have gotten actively bummed out over. Not seeing people, right? And even though talking to people on Zoom, talking to y'all on Zoom, I mean, there's there is a reason why I started texting y'all last week, guys. We we, we should do a socially distance podcast because <laughs> I need to see y'all. Um, and I love y'all, our brothers. And and it, it was just like I needed to have human interaction out beyond a computer screen and my wife and kids. And um, uh, it's uh, but I, you know, I, it's amazing how if you work really hard at it, um, 
it's amazing how you can i'm i'm amazed at myself from having able to keep my mind from going nuts because i i if you had told me on march the 14th on that saturday mm-hmm. that yeah. it's going to be the middle of may and we're still doing this i and for the foreseeable future and for the foreseeable i i I can't quite go there yet. I can't let myself get there yet. I think I think that was in your newsletter. It talked about the Stockdale paradox, and that's exactly what I've been thinking about. It's like you know what, I can't I can't have optimism about when this ends because if I do, I'm going down a bad path. Your optimism is just that it will end. My optimism is that it will end. That's the Stockdale paradox. For the, for the, right. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I subscribe to Stockdale. Yeah. Paradox. Absolutely. I'm controlling the things paradox. I can control. Okay. Right. I'm controlling the things I can control. I'm enjoying the things I can enjoy. I have total optimism that this will eventually yep. be over. I think it basically, for those that don't know, Admiral James Stockdale, who was Ross Perot's uh, running mate in 1992, um, was a prisoner of war. And he, they th- asked him how he made it. 1992. That was right before the quarantine happened, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. That was. Yeah. That was. That was back. Uh, there was a band called Pearl Jam that was taking the country by a storm. Um, but he uh, uh, he was a prisoner of war, and they asked him how did you make it through, and he said, you know, all the people that lo- that said, oh, we'll be out of here by Christmas. Oh, we'll get out of here by this time. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. I said, you know what? I'm going to get out of here eventually. I saw. He said he saw he saw himself looking back at himself at that point and telling the story. He knew he would get out, but he stopped thinking he had any sort of control over it all and simply focused on the day-to-day. But with the assurance in his mind that this will be over at some point, and he said it was the only way to handle it. He, it was the only way. He just accepted what was happening, but knowing that it would eventually be over, that's the only way. And, and that, that's how he did it. And it's I, a great I, it's, analogy. It really is. And and I and there was one of my readers in my newsletter that sent me that analogy. I think it's exactly right. I've been Trying to kind of stick to it ever, ever, ever since I heard about it. Yeah, that's 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 my stasis because if not, I mean, I, I am I am not prone. Although I have had bouts with depression in my lifetime, I am not prone to giving in to that. I'm a, I'm a, normally an optimistic person, even though I can get dark at times. Um, but I that is the one road to perdition for me. If I if I let myself get consumed with when, not if, and I, I guess can't do that. Yeah, that's why it's interesting. And as we kind of get into the sports talk, you know, uh, Will wrote an article for New York Magazine about when will sports, you know, kind of the new timeline. And I want to see sports as much as anybody. Uh, but, you know, I'm, there's also the little, the other person on my left shoulder saying, hey, it probably won't happen the way you think it will. But then, you know, there's the, the optimist on my right shoulder. So I just try not to worry about it. And I just kind of read the new articles that Seth puts out. I loved his, uh, his poll that he put out in three parts on the athletic. And, you know, I just kind of take it in. And, you know, four months from today is supposed to be Georgia's first home game. I'm not going to worry or fret if there's only going to be 10,000 people in the stands or if there's going to be no one in the stands or if they're going to even play it anymore. Because the way I look at it is, you know, it's the same thing Will was describing. And I think most people probably feel that way. I think it's just when you read what they're saying on social media, uh, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Uh, that is when you get like a, a real line in the sand from people. I mean, listen, inevitably we're a polarized country. Inevitably this uh – the, I mean, inevitably, we were going to start picking sides on what mm-hmm. the right thing to do on this. And listen, I think I've probably done a little bit of that myself early on. Uh, and but I think that like the wise way to look at this uh, is, you know, no one knows anything. Like we don't. And the situation is different in Georgia than it is in New York. Will it remain that way? I we don't know. And listen, I think Kemp got us uh, opened up too early, but I don't know that 
Like, I don't know that. And frankly, no epidemiologist knows it. I don't know what epidemiologists were talking to Kemp to have him do this, but that doesn't mean that he's, like, I, like we don't know. And, you know, one of the things even Dr. Fauci has said is the idea that, like, you almost kind of need different, like, like one, one of the advantages of federalism in this particular example is, okay, so Georgia is trying this. And we'll see what happens. And and Illinois is trying this, and we'll see what happens. Now, it's very easy to say that. You're also gambling with human lives when you do that. But I would also say, and Nate Silver's written a lot about this, that, like, the difference between an open state and a not open state or an opening state and a completely shut down state is actually not that dramatic right now because, sure, you look on social media and you see people in a church or you see people gamble, gamble together on a beach – but generally speaking, that's not actually what's happening. Like, like we've all been to a grocery store, and sure, it's sometimes frustrating when someone goes down the wrong aisle or so on. But like, generally speaking, no one is walking around and be like la di da, back right. to normal. Come here, yeah. let's let's shotgun a yeah, let's, right. let's, like like I don't think those coronavirus parties ever actually happened. And so you know, I think that that inevitably is going to change the modeling because like, a lot of the modeling say, well, if you start to open up, this will happen, but. The state doesn't start to open things up. The people start to open things up. And from my experience, uh, and I, I can't speak to, to, uh, to what it's like in Watkinsville. I can only speak to Athens, though, from what I understand, Watkinsville has been pretty similar. People are not acting like it's normal. There are people doing things that I might not necessarily personally do, but I don't know. And all I can do is just kind of take care of my people. And uh, and make sure that they're okay. And to me, kind of what you were talking about earlier, uh, uh, Tony. To my my wife and I were joking that um, we were in spring break on our way to spring break to Florida. We were talking about like we saw them jumping in and out of the pool. And William is getting so big, and Wynn is getting so autonomous. And we just got so sad. We're like, wow, they're like, like we're gonna, gonna blink, <laughs> and they're gonna be gone. And uh, like I like I'll carry William down the stairs. His legs are so dangly right. now, and he's so big. And and I, and I was just like man I, I can't believe we're just gonna blink and just i just need time to slow down a little it has well it has <laughs> it certainly has and while i would like it to maybe get back to normal like everyone else does i totally agree tony the idea of being able to see that my kids are awesome and they're awesome in ways that i did not anticipate them being awesome and they have surprised me in certain ways there are certain things that have changed my kids have email addresses now they've got they have little email they, they have email addresses i'll get there'll be an email in the middle of the day from my from my son when saying hey daddy pokemon get roasted i don't know what that means i think he's I think it's he's, a sick burn yeah, yeah i think he's burning me but uh you know and they uh, and it's exciting. There's just different things that they are more comfortable now. They are able to do things, and they have become best friends. Like they yeah. have become best friends because they're you know they're around each other all the time. They fight a lot more, of course, but like they're best friends, and that is something that as someone that didn't have a brother is kind of exciting for for me to be able to see. So I am taking. Well, we we will, we should probably get in the sports part, but I do think that uh, I have found one of the things that have been helpful for me. Listen, I disagreed with Kemp's decision to, to reopen. I still think it may have been a mistake, but I don't know. And more to the point, I'm not going to spin this uh, going, you people are jerks because you're wrong and I'm right. And therefore, if anything bad happens, it's your fault. Right. And I'm just not going to do it. And and I know that there – I have friends that are doing that. And It's become almost performative yeah, on either I, side. I agree. I totally agree. And and I and for the record, I think that, you know, I uh, and as I wrote my newsletter this week, there's this idea somehow that uh, uh, that 
people on the left, uh, I say left and right, I'm, I'm, that's an oversimplification, but a certain number of people are saying, well, you just want to sacrifice people to get the economy going. And the other side is like, you don't care about the economy. You're just happy hiding in your house. Neither one of these things are even slightly true. And I think it is important for all of us to, even while I still have my political beliefs, I still think, and I would hope by now we would all at least think that Trump is doing this bad. But like when it comes to like someone like Kemp's decision or the, or the Colorado governor's decision or Illinois governor's decision or just how people are living their lives and doing the best they can, I kind of feel like I'm not going to use my energy of this time to say you're an asshole because you're doing this wrong. And uh, and I and I know that there are people still doing that. I would imagine it's very exhausting. <laughs> I bet and it, is. Uh, it also speaks to one of the things I've talked about a lot about social media and just generally communicating with people. I don't understand how people walk around so goddamn sure of themselves all the time. Oh, like, man. When, when you go to bed, like when you go to bed at night, you look up at the ceiling before you fall asleep. Do you look up at the ceiling and say, wow, everything I did today, I was totally right. Nailed I it. I am awesome, awesome about, about everything. everything. I don't think that people actually do that, but I think we live in a performative kind of world right now to where you have to be absolutely certain about everything all the time. And for me, if, the, if, this, is a, if this has helped me in any sort of way, it's understanding, you know what? I don't know everything. I don't know everything, and I'm not going to pretend I know everything. I don't have any control over this. I'm very worried about what's happening with baseball right now. We can get into that. Uh, someone that gets paid to write about baseball, well, um, I, uh, I, I can't, I'm worried about a lot of things. We're all worried about a lot of things, but uh, I can't do anything about it. I can just kind of take care of my people. Is it just, I guess, government speak? The news today that California would close or keep its state universities closed through the fall, like where Newsom was mentioning that. And so people were then, you know, drawing the conclusion, well, then the Cal State Northridge or Cal Bears wouldn't be playing football because of that. In you know, I mean, I mean it's on the table. I, I don't think Newsom, Newsom has not said for sure anything one way or the other. Uh, California has been the – it's ironically the most conservative <laughs> when it comes to the, to the virus and all this stuff really from the get-go. Um, so I, I mean, listen, if we're talking specifically about college football, the idea – the, again, this is this is the bad part of federalism. Uh, is uh, you know the there is no commissioner of college football, so uh, Rob Manfred can say, well, ca- the, well, the Los Angeles Angels are either going to have to play in Arizona, right. or they're going to have to do something here if these places are closed. No one in college football can actually do that. Also, the players aren't getting paid, so that's not really very fair anyway. Um, so, but. You know, Amanda Mall, who we can, we can discuss, so we discuss that. Well, I know, Scott, you and I talked about that piece, but she had a great joke on Twitter being like, there's a little part of me that wonders if the reason everyone is so in the South eager to open up is because they really just can't imagine not having football in September. And I think that's an oversimplification, but I get it. <laughs> I'll tell you who it's not oversimplified for. A lot of athletic directors. Oh, now that, no, no question there. And that I think- is not oversimplification for, I mean, in, you, I mean, you, in one hand, you can't blame them for that because without college football, there will be serious conversations about programs about whether or not they remain a Division I college program, yes. much less, not just football, college program. Because if you take away, I mean, right now, you think of a school like UNC Charlotte. Well, I mean, they're not, I mean, they play in Conference USA. You know, their, their shares for the NCAA basketball tournament are... Conference USA, it's reasonable to expect they would get three to five shares a year. Um, and we could have a whole conversation about how money is made in the NCAA basketball tournament, but you or know, not or not made. Um, but the rest of the, 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 you know, the rest of their money is by and large funded by ticket sales to 
the the forty ers are sixty ers whatever whatever the NFC chart the forty ers are. Um, <laughs> How has there not been a college football team named the sixty ers By the way, that feels that feels like a, like a Arizona State North Region. Yeah, Arizona State. There we go. Arizona State are like a New Orleans based team. Yeah. So the 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 forty ers uh, they're they're funded almost exclusively through football ticket sales and buy games. Right, going to play North Carolina, going to play Clemson, going to play South Carolina, going to play whomever for these seven hundred fifty to one point five million dollar payday games. Um, I mean, honestly, the first thing off the table are those games, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think some of the interesting parts about it. Me, we'll get back to the federalism part. Will to get back to the federalism part. Will is that there are with the fragmented nature of college football, with uh, particularly with conferences. There's totally a world where the SEC and Big 12 play and the, that, those are the only two places to play. Or you get some conglomeration of, you know, a couple of uh, the, the Arizona teams and Ohio State and Illinois or whatever. And, and they decide, well, not, well, I'm just saying, yeah. and they decide, you know what, we're going to figure out, uh, we're going to figure out, we're going to crown a champion. And uh, you know, well, we'll leave it up to you whether you think it counts or not. Whether you can't count. One or not. of the most telling things was how Mark Emmert, uh, commissioner, president, whatever of the NCAA, uh, he used the term that this season there would be no uniformity. You know, where everybody can practice this amount of days, or this league plays nine league games or eight league games. He's like, look, it's going to be kind of all over the place, and I truly believe that. You know, to where some teams might play. Five games. Some teams might have a full season. Some might not play at all. It's like if you look back in the history during the 1918 flu, um, I think Georgia Tech was the team that played the most games that year, and they might have played only seven, and they only played one away game. They played a couple of like uh, naval stations that fielded a team. So you're not going to see Georgia playing, you know, like Columbus. Uh, you know, Air Force Academy or something like that, or what's the ba- what's the base on there? I should know that. Jennifer's from Columbus. It's uh, Fort Benning. Fort, Fort Benning. Yeah, you're not going to see him play Fort Benning, but you know, the traditional, very structured college football season where all of the conferences line up. Tony, it, you're right. I mean, it could be, and we don't know. That's the. It's kind of interesting to to think because you know we're just as right as anybody else, just making stuff up on this podcast and, and sometime in May. You know, it's like Dan Orlovsky from ESPN was talking about this today. And he, listen, again, I uh, uh, we all choose our media uh, in, in many ways these days. And we'll get into this when we talk about baseball. But, like, there is a, there's a certain segment of media that's like that uh, these schools are all greedy. These leagues are all greedy. They're putting money above health and so on. And on a certain level, I think that I, I, greed would not be the word I would use. But I think certainly... Part of any sort of decision-making process is deciding what is this worth as compared to soapbox warrior football, football soapbox warrior, (laughs) right? Yeah, and like, and and don't get me wrong, like I think that like this is a decision that everyone has struggled with. It's it's struggling with and trying to figure out. It's what the governors are trying to figure out. It's what everyone, every decision that in in a lot of ways, all of us in our daily lives are making this decision of is it worth it for me to this? I'm already hearing from some friends of my from some friends being like, hey, we really would love to get the kids together. And that sort of thing. And that's a decision everybody has to make. There was a time I might have had very strong opinions on what you should personally do. I'm not going to do that anymore. I think everyone's got to figure out their own thing and, I, and I'm going to figure out my thing. But everyone has to make that decision. And everything is on this risk curve right now that we're all doing. Orlovsky was talking about the idea that, listen, everyone wants to say it's greed. 
Greed is not the right term. In some cases, maybe it is. I, you can make an argument. Maybe the baseball owners are veering in that direction right now, but we'll get to that. Um, greed is not the right term, as he pointed out. In a lot of ways, it's survival. In a lot of ways, it is like there are schools out there that if there is no college football, and this doesn't make it like I feel so sorry for them. Like this is poor planning. This is overinvestment in football in the first place. This is under. This is thinking the golden goose will always lay eggs. I understand that. That said, you understand why they're pushing so hard for this, and it's not just because we're going to get rich. I, nobody's getting rich off the next football season. Like, no one is getting rich off the next football season, whether it happens or whether it doesn't. Like, this is a survival mode for a lot of people. So, well, I mean, Mark Mangino is, but... Yeah, well, yeah of course. And, uh, but, but also someone, someone pointed out that uh, uh, baby Mangini, uh, Mangino is, like, in his eight, he's 18 or 19 now. You know, Kansas, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but uh, he's not... He's, he's old. The point is, is that um, everyone's trying to figure this out. And they're pushing to come back in a lot of ways because they kind of the whole economic model of not just sports, but universities. I mean, forget sports for a second. Wow, are universities in trouble in general yeah. right now? The idea of... There's some college in Illinois that closed. They've been around for 100... I mean, it's going to ha- be happening a ton. Yeah. Like You're going to see that a lot because v- v- independent of sports, independent of sports, like at a certain level, and listen, we've, we've, I think we've all jo- joked about like, when does the college bubble bust? It's always felt like college has exploded so much and the price has exploded so much in the last 30 years. I mean, honestly, now if, if, if school, if classes are just online in September – like for like, how much money am I paying this university to have a virtual classroom? I mean, I, I, you can understand people saying, "Nah, forget." My kid's gonna go work for a year, and when that starts happening, then you got problems across the board. So the idea that the one thing that colleges can guarantee they can get some money from is football. So they're gonna make every opportunity they can to make that happen. And for a lot of places, the reason why you get students to your campus. Is the football season? Of course. Of course. Um, I mean, like, you know, colleges have been facing a, a, an a c- oncoming demographic cliff, right? Um, people stop stopped having kids after nine yeah. eleven, and um, that is a uh, that's something I uh, did have to. Look, I, yeah, I, I did my part. <laughs> uh, I think we all did. Yeah. So um, the the I think the I think the thing and look, it's a conversation we have all the time in higher education. The reason Athens is Athens is whether you like college football or not is wrapped up in in athletic pursuits. I mean that is what that is exactly why I mean and I don't I don't mean that you can come to Athens. You can't come to Athens and you can't come to the University of Georgia and ignore football, ignore all sports. There are people that do it. And there are plenty of people that do it and get a fantastic education, a classical a classical liberal arts education and walk away and say, eh, never even think. But let me tell you something. Well, that football downtown is different than what it is. They're a little bit like the people that like, oh, no, I had, I don't have a TV. Yeah, I don't have well, a TV. Well, I read the news, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I read the news. That's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. But look, Athens and the University of Georgia is a different place. Um, and I, I'm not to say this intertwined or it, it, that even that isn't the tail that wags a dog. But it is an integral part of the University of Georgia experience, whether you experience it or not personally. 
and I don't mean just I don't mean just football. I mean sports generally, the athletic pursuits of the university generally. Um, if you don't care about football at all, you know when it's a football Saturday. You do know when it's football Saturday, um, but but you know that's that's neither here nor there. But the reality is is in, in and that goes back to exactly what you said. Will is you you are facing people making decisions about whether or not, um, man, if if we're, if I'm just doing this online, why wouldn't I do it at um, Way across college, or or whatever, um, and or I'll go work for a year, or I'll go work for a year, or until something. Until this thing is done, like my family doesn't is there's twenty percent unemployment in this country, yeah. uh, coming up. Like the idea that like in in the myth in, in the midst of like it's also not, it's not context free. Like in the midst of a twenty percent unemployment, all of a sudden you're going to have people being like, oh no, the smart thing to do is to spend our life savings this year on Johnny, who's getting C's, to, right. who's getting C's in a liberal arts college to not read Edith Wharton books. Yeah, to use the John Mulaney joke. Um, the the idea that they're going to do that and pay the exorbitant amount of money to do that for something that's online. Yeah, like oh yeah, sit out of here, man. I would. I would. I'm telling you right now, I would. And I guarantee that's what my parents were. My parents almost said that anyway because my dad was locked out of work. Uh, he was locked out of work right before I went to college. So there was almost going to be like, you know what? There's going to be a year where you're going to go work. And I think there's going to be a lot of families that are doing that and uh, independent of everything else. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it is – we are still the, – the scary thing about all of this is we're still so in the early stages of it. And – I, I I know that there is a school of thought out there that thinks it is somehow unethical to even consider sports at this point because there's so much going on. And, and while I understand the idea in theory and in vi- vacuum and in isolation, these things are all connected. These things are all like it, it's funny how the people, the same people have been telling me, myself included, have been saying for years, sports and politics cannot be separated. Now are trying to separate sports and the rest of the world. <laughs> and the fact is, is sports is connected to all this stuff and is particularly connected in the university world. Now that brings into the other idea that like, Oh yeah, uh, we let's not forget. By the way, that uh, these players, uh, their health is at risk. They're not getting paid. Let's not let's not forget that one more time either. No, that's all changing now. The NIL's passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's rich. We're yep. still getting a damn video game. Um, so, so like it is unbelievably complicated. And again, maybe this is time to get into baseball. Baseball basically has three weeks to figure out everything including getting labor and management on the same page, which they were already steering towards a a major confrontation after the 2021 season. Now we've got one a year and a half early, and they got to figure out in three weeks. So that'd be a black eye. Uh, I I would say it's hard to come up with anything more potentially self-destructive than baseball getting the opportunity to be the first American sport back on the 4th of July, which is really the day they would probably start doing this, and not having it happen because they can't figure out the money. Now, on one hand, I, that makes the bile rise in my throat, just like it makes in everybody else's throat. It is worth noting that the owners, when they put together their proposal, had exactly that idea in mind, which is why they're trying to hold the players over the barrel. It is worth noting that my wife came to me on Monday and said, hey, so I saw baseball's coming back July 4th, and I think those were the headlines. Base- owners approved plan to have baseball come back on July 4th. Therefore, if it doesn't happen, it's those darn players that aren't making it happen. When you actually look at the particulars of the proposal, and listen, I think there are arguments on both sides here. If uh, Major League Baseball owners are going to lose a lot of money this year. They're going to lose a lot of money. And what their argument is, listen, if uh, we're losing a large share of the revenue, we could have not anticipated losing all of this. 
we need you to help us out a little bit. The contracts that we all signed with you, obviously they're under different circumstances on, uh, on that right now. Uh, and don't you want baseball to happen? If you don't play at all, you don't get any money. So don't you want to play? The players, I think, quite reasonably would come back saying, well, one, we actually made a deal for this already. They made the deal at the beginning of the pandemic that the first two months of the year, there was $170 million given to players. If there was no season, that was it. That was all you were getting. However, if the season was played, salaries would be prorated at the schedule at, 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 for the rest of the season, which was basically going to be half a season. So Mike Trout, who I think is slated to make $35 million, is going to make about 17, no, 17.5 uh, if they play half a season. What uh, That was the deal. Now the owners want more. The owners want them to give up more in that. And the players, quite reasonably, are saying, hey— we, we had a deal. a deal. Also, the second thing they're saying is, you know, I know you're short on revenues this year, and we're, we're sympathetic to that, and so you want us to give back. I couldn't help but notice last year when you made a lot more money than everybody thought you were going to make, you didn't say, oh, well, here, players, share in our bounty that we, we got. It's the old joke that, like, owners are, uh, are free marketers when things are going, uh, are, are going bad, but socialists when things are going good, or the, op- the, the socialists when things are going good, and free marketers when things are going bad. And and, uh, which is, and But to me, the overarching point is, hey, the owners are sitting up in their box, in their socially distanced box, all comfortable away from everybody. Players got to go in there and actually be around people and put their health at risk. And uh, that all that's got to get resolved in the next two to three weeks. Wow. And I mean, June 1st, you, you – yeah. You, got, you have to have people working out June 1st if you're going to play July 4th. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the spring training – the schedule uh, is supposed to be spring training mid-June – Games beginning of July. So they'd go down to Florida or Arizona? Florida, I think the idea is they would go to wherever their facilities. Because ever since this happened, remember, spring training was still going on when all this happened. I think teams have generally kept their facilities very closed off, very clean, very like they are. There have been people staffed the entire time there. And they've not had breakouts for what it's worth. I think it's actually almost kind of underappreciated how most of the major sports leagues have not had major outbreaks. Yeah. Uh, which is I mean, even the NBA, which yeah. is. Almost the bell cow of all of Yeah, this. I mean, they were all right in the middle of it. Yeah. And still, they've kind of... Right, like, a, a couple of refs, um, a couple, couple of refs, players. Like Durant and like yeah. a, a few other... But like, generally speaking, there's not... Uh, baseball is so spread out. There's people in clubhouses. For, spring training clubhouses have like 50 people in them. And like, there's not seemed to have been an outbreak. There did not... My parents were at the last spring training game. Uh, the one that... the Literally the last one in Florida. And I was very nervous about them going into that game because that was the day... Was what the day date after, was that? That was the day after the Rudy Gobert game. So the 12th? The, tw- the 12th. Wow. The Thursday. They went, they went to the game and I was very nervous about it. I was nervous about all the people there and there was no outbreak. There was like, there just does not seem to have been much of an outbreak that came out of that game or any, or any of those spring training games. Well, I mean, on top of this, and this is probably playing in a little bit and the behind the scenes is, I mean, the, what the owners pulled with the draft was exactly and, pretty, and we, I mean, and that was, you know, right. They and, agreed to, but the it, reason they agreed to it was the idea like, okay, yeah. this is a one year thing. This is an unprecedented time. We're all trying to figure this out. So if I were the players, I would definitely feel like this was a pretty dirty trick that the owners were trying to pull. On the other hand, this is kind of how business works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and I might not like it, but uh, uh, certainly 
the idea that um, that uh, players, you hope that there's some wiggle room with the owners. Just a little. You don't need a lot. Yeah, just give a little but bit. But you got to give them something. Yeah. Because if the owners drive a hard – because the problem with the owners right now is that if they, they can drive a hard line and give up nothing. And if there's no baseball, people will blame the players. Oh, yeah. And that will not be fair. But they will blame the players. They'll also kill baseball. Yeah. And and as I said, there's nothing more, dis- more self-destructive that they could do. And so one would hope there'd be a little give there. Baseball's kind of run by hedge fund dudes right now. I don't know if you guys know any hedge fund dudes. They tend to not be very eager to admit error uh, or to give a lot. So it's scary. It's scary. It's scary for me personally as someone that writes about baseball and works with baseball that uh, uh, that, that would happen. But the next three weeks are going to be uh, – because if it works – I think it could be kind of amazing for baseball. Baseball has always been very tied in to American history and big moments. Uh, there's not going to be any fans, but like it could happen. But well, I watched the Korean baseball league today, and there are cutout fans. Yeah, there's mascots. <laughs> I love that there's mascots. Did you see the, the American player that was there, whose girlfriend, uh, whose uh, girlfriend's back in the United States? Uh, she had one of the teams cut out a picture of her face and put it on one of the fans. I did not see and so that. He was at third base, and he looked over. He's like. Oh my God! It's Debbie or whatever the hell her name is. <laughs> right. and I thought that was really funny. It's such a like Debbie, so such a Debbie a thing to do. Uh, l- let's let's put all that aside. Let's say baseball comes back on the fourth. They play like an eighty-game season. Yeah. So if it what's happens, it going to look like? So it, the, the, I, I was on San Diego radio tonight talking to uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. Which really? Is, wow. He hosts a radio show. Wow. I'm on that show every every couple of weeks, and um, and Chris and Chris Gwynn is uh, his uncle is on the show too. And I was talking about this idea because they, you know, I mean, I. You get caught up in the particulars of, is this going to work? Is the owners and the players going to come together? If it does come together, I kind of feel like 80 games is enough to call it. It'll be a weird season. It'll be like the 99 uh, NBA season when the Knicks made, got the eighth seed and ran and, and made a run through the playoffs. They played like 40. They played like half a season. So it was weird. It was a little strange. But... I don't think anyone looks back and thinks that Spurs title doesn't count. Like, it still happens. Not only, by the way, is it half a season, there's an extra playoff team this year. There's going to be an extra playoff team anyway. So, because of that, that puts everyone on the table. Like, maybe the Orioles or the Tigers, but almost any other team in baseball, you could get in the, in the postseason right now. 80 games. The way to think about it is if, like, if you lose one game, it's like you got swept a doubleheader. Like, it's a, it's a <laughs> massive sprint. Yeah. The way it's going to be set up, if it happens... Is the East teams will only play the East in both leagues. Okay. The Central teams will only play the Central, and the West teams will only play the West. So the Braves, I think, I, I, I'm not sure that exactly how the math comes out, but I think the idea is you play everyone in your division, which to me is doubly exciting, by the way. Yeah. Because, like, you're getting, now everything is a massive, you're going to play the Mets so many times, and you're going to get, but you're also going to get the Yankees, you're going to get the Orioles, you're going to get, like, everyone's all going to be on the East. That's the idea. That's a way to keep everyone kind of close together. Um, it makes every game in massive. Like it makes every game. So it's almost huge. more like college football, where you live and die with every game. It's probably closer to college baseball, actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's a little bit more. What a, f- than that. a fifty game season? Yeah, 45 so it's game a little season. bit more. But yeah, it's 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 and those that's exciting. Like when you watch a college baseball game, you don't think a regular season game, you don't think, wow, the entire season rides on this game. But it's also not like but if you get a, swept, a random that's a game in bad right. thing. It's like a huge thing. So th- I think it would be very exciting. I think it would be very exciting. And I think 80 is, a, is ex- about right to do if – it's, if it's less than that, it starts to feel exhibition-y. 
Like, yeah. if you get to, like, 50 games, you might as well just do, like, a big round-robin College World Series sort of thing, if you're if, if, if that's all you can do. And did I see also that the NL would have the DH? Yeah, uh, that that's no question. And not only that, but, like, teams would have probably traveling rosters of 35 to 40 players. Oh, so, yeah. uh, we, I think they would have to. And and it would just it'd be like hockey. Like, before every game, you'd say, okay, these 15 guys are scratches. and But you'd have this ongoing traveling roster which i think would be kind of exciting it would also be a way for a lot of uh the minor leagues are really especially since they're probably not playing yeah the minor leagues are not playing and yeah. so uh they're really the, the, a lot of those guys are getting screwed it would give an opportunity to uh, a lot of people that frankly would not be making very money much money to get some major league salaries and uh, i don't think that offsets the other stuff but it's something and during a crazy time, uh, I think if it happens, it would be really, really fun. To be fair, um, anything would be really, really fun yeah. now. But uh, I think it would be an exciting thing. And I do think half a season is enough. I think it's enough. We'll, all, we'll always look at back at the season with an asterisk, no matter what, in every sport. Oh, yeah. This season's getting an asterisk no matter what. That gets us to college football, which means yeah. you know Georgia's going to win and everybody's right. going to asterisk the that shit is, out I mean, of us. Listen, we've all thought it. Yeah. <laughs> we've all thought it, like, this is the year where there's I mean, it would be the most UGA and, thing in the world to do to play. Will you still see the sunrise on Bourbon Street? You today? damn right I will, <laughs> if I get to go. I mean, I don't know. We've already had the conversation. It's like, um, I guess I'll have to wait till twenty. 36 to go to Tuscaloosa now. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I get it. But you know, I, but it does bring up a good point in extrapolating what we're talking about into college football. Yeah, it's probably time to talk some college football. Well, I mean, so as a basis so frame, to frame our conversation, um, to get back to what Scott was talking about earlier, I mean, we do have conference commissioners who are seriously advocating for their schools. And it is um, this is this is one place where both federalism and um, however you want to look at the opening earlier could pay off or might not, right? Uh, because we're within three weeks of having to have some decision about okay, you get to come back. You you can we're going to have football regardless of whether students are on campus. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's interesting that Mark Emmert, no matter what he says, there's always a, a commissioner that comes back and says something different than him. Um, it is a that's his, that's his plight in life. Well, but it's a it's a it's a dangerous time. It is a dangerous time for Mark Emmert yeah. and for the, as it, by by extension the NCAA in that they can't push too hard because they don't have particularly with college football they don't have uh, you know total control over how things go because they don't host the championship, right? Because you could have schools. I mean, if if they say if the, if seven of the the 14 SEC teams and in six Big 10 teams and in five five Pac-12 whatever teams like we're doing our own thing this year for football only. So we get Georgia, Illinois, maybe better uh, chances be, than I we mean, have right but, now. But, but, I'm just going to bet. I mean, Illinois. Uh, if they say it's going to say shut down, it's going to be Illinois. Ah. Right, uh, but no, but it's not. It, it's not even about Georgia, Illinois. It's just like we we are not participating. We're not NCAA sport and football this year. We're doing our own thing. Right. right. We have we have the contracts in place with we have the contracts in place for our conference, your conferences, conference, 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 and also we're part of the we're part of the college football playoff. I mean, the NCAA, I mean, they will have to take it. They won't have a choice to take it. Now, I, it, it will be interesting to see what happens down the road. I mean, we, we saw this bluff already where um, 
where, what was it they wanted to do? Oh, the NCAA said, well, if California passes name and likeness, they just probably won't be able to participate in championships. Wow, that that really stuck to the wall, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's, you're in exactly the same place if you, if you try to mandate from Indianapolis too much about what happens with college football. And, I, you know, I, look, one of the reasons, I, I alluded earlier, one of my defense mechanisms is, so I lived in Washington, D.C. from 93 to 2000. Um, and it was not only a dark time for college football, it was a dark time for Tony. And part of what I, I did, I actively, like, your memory of the 95, of the 95 football season is Florida hanging half a hundred on Georgia. Mine is Atlanta win the World Series, right? That is, that is a, that is a big bright spot in 1995 for yeah. me, right? Because I was, I was in Washington, D.C., right? right? And I was, I was, not only was I away from it, I was actively ignoring Georgia athletics. <laughs> well, not actively ignoring. I wasn't paying as very, nearly as close attention as sure. I did before, and I have since I came back. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons for that that I've talked to my therapist about. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the long story was, is like, I, I had to suppress that because if I didn't, it was going to make me crazy. And, and I'm doing a lot of that now, right? I, it, it actively bones me out over the possibility of us not having college football. And when I say actively bones me out, like I get like, and I wouldn't say existential, but it gets to the point where I'm like, man, I'm, I might need to talk to somebody. And I don't, I'm not saying that dramatically. I'm not saying that in any sort of boohoo me way, but like it's, I mean, in, in the vein of putting one foot in front of the other and being, being optimistic about, about things. I am optimistic. There will be a college football season that we will call this college football season. Beyond that, all bets are off. Right. I, I, if you, if you were to ask me to put money, even money on us playing Virginia and Georgia dome, Labor Day night, I'm going to pick the knot. Um, but you know, that's, I, I can't say that with any certainty. I'm just saying, if you make me pick one, um, but if you also make me pick us playing a college football season at some point this fall, a college football game is happening at some point this fall, I'll take the, we will. And um, it's also with possible possible that Georgia would play somebody else in the Georgia Dome. It's also yeah, I mean, possible I, I, somebody I, I, plays Georgia. Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean, in, that well, no one's Virginia really excited stuff. about Virginia anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, but Scott, you brought this up. Was what happens if what happens if right. Virginia says we're not playing football? Well, North Carolina's got open date. Let's play them. Right. Or I just think you're gonna see that all year. Well, did right. you see what the NFL did? Uh, they basically you know, they released their schedules, right? But the, the first four weeks, they they strategically did it to where it's flexible. In fact. Every team's bye week is the same as the team they play on like week four or something like that. So if they needed to dump the first four weeks, well, then right. they'll just fill in one of those bye weeks, something like that. So the, they were smart about it. They're planning. Yeah. All, all of these but again, leagues are planning. The NFL could do that because there's sure. one group of people in charge. And yeah. it does feel like college football could be a Wild West type thing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's talking about when we first played North Carolina, a non conference game last year. <laughs> yeah. What if we play LSU? As a non-conference yeah. game. Like, who knows? Like, as long as it's here. Yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. If nobody's really there, yeah, nobody's there's only 10,000 people. You know, that well, brings in, this, this brings in something we should talk about, right. which was uh, Seth Emerson's uh, story where he interviewed Josh Brooks. My uh, Shout out to Josh Brooks, my yeah. friend, who I literally had to, I wrote about this piece that Seth Emerson wrote uh, talking to Josh Brooks in New York Magazine. And I was very proud of the fact that I had to actually put a uh, full disclosure, uh, Josh Brooks is a personal friend of mine. Because it's, it's journalistic yeah. ethics, you're supposed right. to do that. Though it's funny, usually when you do that, then you say something awesome about the person. <laughs> and 
Josh, who is awesome, who's a totally great guy, and uh, and I think a really smart guy and really good for the University of Georgia, I, he said something. I was like, yeah, but that feels like magical thinking to me. So I hope <laughs> Josh is not mad at me. Uh, but, What's the magical uh, thinking? Uh, he every- did retweet the piece, so he must not be too angry. What's the magical thinking? Uh- uh, following Kroger's rules, I'm just curious because well, that. that was again. I think. Oh was, yeah, yeah, I read we that. Should, we should talk about this because yeah. basically, what uh, Josh was talking about was the idea is it's Josh, who's in charge of the game day ex- game day experience. That's what these the reason Notre Dame was so awesome was because of Josh and kind of his team. So he was kind of put out there to talk about if there is a social distancing thing in place, but there are still some sort of fans. How would that work? And to be very clear, nothing in that piece said, here's what we're doing. Right. Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. He was just kind of thinking, and he said the quote that you're talking about, Tony, which is, I've gone to, I went to Kroger and I saw that this works and this doesn't work. <laughs> I hope it wasn't the Eastside Kroger. <laughs> yeah, Eastside Kroger is not a good one. And uh, that's the one with the big angry dog coming out, right? No, that's the one on Alps. That's one on Alps. Yeah. Right, that's right. That's right. The Eastside Kroger is the original Kroger, the first one built outside Cincinnati, I think. I go to the Eastside Publix. That's my, yeah, that's uh, my grocery right. store. I like the Eastside Publix. But um, anyway, so <laughs> they, uh, uh, the Eastside Kroger, the, the Alps Kroger has that horrible parking lot. Oh, it's oh, it's, it's like the, the tiniest worst. parking yeah, lot for the terrible. biggest Kroger you've ever it's been to. Terrible. Yeah. Um, that's what the big angry dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, but he kind of talked about the idea of how would you think about it? Would you you try to avoid station places where people congregate, where like a water station or a mist? Yeah, we don't need that. In yeah. Or bathrooms. Yeah, or bathrooms. <laughs> or and then you think or ten this, foot hallways under the stadium. Yeah, like. I will say, and this is what I would say, and I appreciate that they're thinking about this, and I'm sure there are a lot of donors, another aspect to this, by the way, uh, a lot of donors are like, hey, I give you people a lot of money for you to tell me that I can't go to the games. So, and uh, and and things that, like, are donations officially refundable? Do you know the answer to that, actually? I have a feeling we would get our tickets back, but, but our donations, donations they, they, yeah. they'd say thank you very much. Thank, for, thank you for supporting Georgia right. football. And, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe they'll give us 1.5 yeah. times points or right. something. Like, I don't know the answer, but, like, I, I just don't think schools and athletic departments are going to be in the habit of giving money that you've given to them back right. unless they absolutely have to. And so there's a lot of people that are giving, like, listen, we're giving money. We're not giving that money. Like, there's people giving massive money out there. And so I think that's actually probably part of it. Why, why you're having this idea of how can you get some fans in the stands? Because I think it's less about, oh, we're going to get the money we bought for, paid for that ticket, and more, listen, I give you guys too much money for you to tell me that I'm not essential personnel right. uh, to be able to come <laughs> into this game. And There's I think people like that. Honestly, I think that's what's about. Oh, yeah, there are people like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. all know several people like yeah. that. And I'm pointing next door. Y'all don't know where I live, so, <laughs> so we all know Don't let like your that. dog get over there because <laughs> it goes down. <laughs> so because of that, I think that you know, you're know you looking at them having to be creative and talk about kind of things that Josh is talking about in that story. I still, as I wrote in the piece, uh, if you can't get people to follow the rules of social distancing in Kroger or Lowe's, I cannot fathom how you do it around a college football game. Well, they're just especially an eight it's o'clock like, kickoff. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you can't. You take their temperature and their blood alcohol. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and we, <laughs> if you're too drunk which and you can't follow the rules, the piece, and I was, I, I was, I, uh, I saw Robert Wolf was talking was, was talking about this on Twitter. The idea, like, wait, so you're going to tell me? Mm-hmm. He didn't say this exactly. This I'm extrapolating this from his original thought. You're going to tell me that, like, hey, everybody, George is playing. 
at 3.30 on CBS against LSU. And we, we had to figure out the schedule, but it's happening. Now, fans aren't allowed to come in the game. Well, 8,000 fans are allowed to come in the game. 8,000 fans are allowed to come in. So there will be people there, just not you. Right. But, uh... And, and don't tailgate out, too close either. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing, is that, like, right. there's one there's one aspect of gatherings inside the stadium. Oh, dude. There's another thing, an aspect of, aspect of gathering outside the stadium. And to me, that is where the true madness comes sure. around. Sure, sure. Like, if there is a game at 3.30... On a gorgeous uh, Saturday afternoon. On a gorgeous afternoon. Saturday against LSU. Like, how many people tailgate don't go to the game anyway? Yeah. Like, well, we talked about this uh, Sunday night. I mean, uh, we, we did uh, socially uh, distance drinks with... Uh, with uh, Wayne and Tiffany, and we actually talked about. Shout out to Wayne and Tiffany, miss you guys. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> but we talked about what you know. What do we are we going to tailgate if we can't go in the game? And what does that look like? And honestly, why would we? Considering what's the danger? And not just what's the danger; it's the hassle of going over there just to sit and watch the game on TV when you know the Georgia Center's not going to be open. So we're you know they're probably if. I mean, they, they're, they're not probably put out they're not putting out porta potties, right, right, right. right? It's a whole thing. I'm I'm not using a porta potty anyway, but um, yeah, it's, I'm sorry. I just I'm, I'm since a, when have germs ever caused <laughs> us any trouble, right? right? So you know, I think I think that there are there are interesting conversations that people that make a lot more money than 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 I do um, are thinking about how to manage that, right? Because you. If people decide they want to go to tailgate, they're going. I mean, they can keep him out of the stadium. They can't keep him off campus. There's just not enough police, right? There are people. There are people that will say, "If I get arrested, I get arrested. I'm going." I mean, look, for Christ's sake, they they took guns into the Michigan State House over wearing masks. So, so I, imagine what to tell. Imagine to tell uh, the state of Georgia, you can't come and tailgate. Can't come to Athens, guys. Watch this game on TV only. It's just hard to imagine, and yeah. and so and you invite even more of that. If you allow 8,000 fans into the stadium as opposed to none. I can imagine athens Clark County government putting a wrench in things. I think they would try. Yeah. <laughs> I think they would try. And I and listen, I am a big, big supporter of the athens Clark County government. I think they're doing an excellent job, frankly, better than a lot of other parts of the state, I would certainly argue. But... Um, they, 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 um, unless Kelly Gertz has an armada at his <laughs> arm, I don't think he's going to be able to stop people from coming in from all across the state to come in. To come no. In day. And so for me, that's the other issue that feels like that. I love, like I love that Josh was thinking it out. Yeah. And I love that you were working it out. But the idea that you could have fans in the stands at these games, even, and I get why they're doing it. It's why it's an impossible situation. It's why this is an impossible situation for everyone in every field because American society is just not built to withstand a pandemic. It's not what we do. We're all about freedom. We're all about liberty. We're all about doing our own thing. And we're just not built to, to, to stand something like this. And right now, you know, it's funny getting back to the Stockdale paradox. Like so much, so much of our discussion is based on this idea of how can we get football back? How do we figure it out? How are we going to do this? How do you work it out? The Stockdale paradox says, don't sweat that stuff. Eventually there's going to be football. Don't worry about trying to make sure it happens this year. The problem is, is there's just too much money involved. It's an impossible situation. Right. Like, I, there is no right answer because if the football season is canceled, which I have to say I would argue is the most prudent thing to do, is not what I want to do. It is not what I want to happen. I hope it does not happen. If I were in charge, I would do 
everything in my power to make sure that does not happen. But from a public health aspect and from talking about all the things that we're talking about, it's hard to imagine. Like, how do you possibly take care of all of those things? Like, they got KBO games going on, Korean baseball games. They don't have 80,000 people coming in from all across the state to be right around the stadium for those games. Right. It is hard to imagine how you manage that. It is also hard to imagine how the university and the SEC and all and general tons of economic things survive without college football happening this year. Yeah. It is an impossible situation. And so and and when you have no one that is actually in charge, uh, it feels like it's going to be absolute chaos. And I have to tell you, Tony, to answer your question when you were talking about uh, talking with Wayne and Tiffany. Um, I, I really hope there's college football games. My dad my dad has been out in Winterville uh, keeping himself very busy during this time before it gets too hot. And not only has he built his garage, which he fell off and now I've gone – I went over there the other day and he was on the roof leaf blowing. Yeah, I saw the uh, picture. Uh, yeah, you so posted. Yeah. He's, he's back, to, back on his shit. And, um, but he's also built a – uh, a an awning and a little area with a with a big ass fan where he when whenever there's the first sporting event we're gonna go out there and we're gonna drink beers and we're gonna watch a goddamn game and uh, he's keeping busy we're all putting this together people are all doing the best that they can on this stuff uh, if if there's a game I'm probably not gonna tailgate I'm probably gonna go and maybe I'll go watch it with you guys uh, at socially distance drinks uh, but. But I will stop, but I don't think most people are going to stop. And I don't know how you fix that situation. Yeah, I think we arrived at that. I think where we arrived is like if we're going to socially distance tailgate, we might as well do it at someone's house. Right. Because at the minimum, you're limiting your exposure to people who won't respect that you are trying to do something different. Yeah. Um, And uh, also what's people going to run into your space anyway. Like it's another thing. Come on. You guys have been tailgating a lot longer than I have. Is it possible at all to have a socially distance from seven a.m. to nine a.m.? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Have y'all? I don't know if you, have y'all met me. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. The, the one last thing I will add to that is that um, a lot of what we're talking about today is predicated on what we know about. And, and I'm not by no means my scientist or even epidemiologist or I'm barely. There a are a lot of those on Twitter. I'm, yes, I'm barely a lawyer. And um, but a lot of what we're saying is today is, of course, predicated on as we know it today. And there is a whole world where things are better and there's a world where things are worse. Right. Um, I it, mean, it's also with what we're talking about this baseball stuff. Shit could be really bad in three weeks. Yeah. In which case, baseball's like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, we're out. Yeah. (laughs) And if if, if, if that happens, then the NFL's wary. Yep. That's on the table. Right. And I hope that's not going to happen. Personally, I don't think that's going to happen, but I also don't know. But, like, it's also possible this becomes very simple. Yeah. It could be a very simple decision. Right. And Um, and it it stops being about the economics and just about. It becomes about like. Which that's save lives. And that's what we have to do. And when it becomes, when when the trade-off becomes obviously something that people can't trade off. Yep. And uh, and I don't, I personally, to be fair, I don't actually think it's happening for some of the things that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast about how people are, like, it's not the, all the worst case scenario models. People are changing their behavior. Yeah. People have changed their behavior. uh, And I think it's had an effect. And it's avoided the worst case scenario. 
Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if if we do, let's say we don't have the Virginia game, which I, I don't know if I'm going to either way, um, but let's say we don't, I don't go to the Virginia game. It's altogether possible that even if we have a regular season and fans can go, I don't actually go to a game until Alabama. Oh, I mean, because I mean, why? I mean, I'm I may well, I mean, I could my I could personally make the decision. I might go tailgate. I'm although kids, if, got, if, kids got a camp that may or may not be open. but yep. I don't know if I'm going to send them whether it's open or not. Yeah, right. Um, it, we're, we're having the same conversation at home, and um, but you know, it's it's possible that even if things get better and the science says it gets better. I mean, look, we're, we're changed people. I mean, we are, the, the, the new normal is going to be different than what it was on March the 10th. Yeah. It's just going to be, right? It, even it's, it's going to take a long time before we get back to, I mean, Will, I mean, think about it, the first time you flew after 9-11, right? I remember the first time I flew. I went to, I went to Washington, D.C. like the, the middle of October. And I went to a wedding in Chicago in a skyscraper in the middle of October. Then. Wow. But I mean, I remember <laughs> like places. we were still over in North Carolina when they they came on and made an ominous announcement about all passengers must sit down. This flight will be diverted if anyone stands up over the last 30 minutes of the flight. And I mean, th- I mean they, were, they were like super. Se- I mean, I mean, we could still was we were landing. You, we we could see jet fighters circling over downtown D.C. And this is a month. This is six weeks later, right? And a lot of those things didn't change until two years later, three years later, and that was just that was just simply airline flights. And this is, I mean, is hard. Uh, I remember uh, again, as I've said before, I was in I was in uh, New York on 9/11. I remember at the time, and Alexa and I have talked about this because she was also there then. About like someday our kids are going to ask us what it was like to be in New York City on 9/11. And now I actually think I'm involved in something that is much much bigger. Yeah. I think this is much bigger than that. Yeah, I felt horrible about 9-11, but I didn't know anybody personally that was affected yeah. you know, by it. But, you know, I mean, as an American, you were rallying around it, and it was it's just, a, Yeah, this is, I mean... But yeah, I, this is all of us. It's, it's everything. It's everything, and, and, and I think that, like... And the economic toll is sure. much more dramatic, and... Uh, and you know, it's really exposed a lot of problems that we all knew were there, but uh, we kind of hope we'd make it. And uh, and and some and nature called our bluff, and uh, here we are. So anyway, the point is, is um, I think we are all obviously all rooting for there to be college football. And I want to be clear about that. I am rooting for there to be college football. Like I have worries. I have that person on your shoulder. The, the just like you're talking about. I want them to figure it out, and I am uh, I am on board for with what happens. But I have to say, I cannot imagine a scenario, donors or not, unless things unless there's a vaccine in a month and a half, or really everything just chills out in a way that. It peters out. That's yeah. the term I've heard. Yeah, and yeah. it's hard to imagine that happening. There's right. there's literally zero evidence that anything is peter petering anything out. But again, you don't know. We don't know what's going on. Um, if that happens, great. Uh, but uh, if it doesn't, um, I, I we just have to accept that this already. I I am now already in the. You know what? It's asterisk year, no matter what. As a sports person, it's an asterisk year, no matter what. If I get some football this year. I will be happy that I got to have it. Um, if I don't get any football this year, uh, it will make me appreciate football that much more in 2021. That means BYU's win the national championship, guys. We did get uh, two questions on Twitter, so I figured I would yeah. 
run through those. Before we do that, yeah. I'm really glad we did this. This has been really good. No, it's been great. Super cathartic. Yet. Yeah, I know. I just I just texted <laughs> Carrie saying, okay, we I just texted UGA Carrie uh, saying, yeah. we're doing an awesome podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, you know, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, um, I, I will tell you the, the only time that I have been like emotional over things not happening, including my, my son, who is an eighth grader, your son's eighth grader, will miss it. You know, he's missed out the last four weeks or uh, four weeks, uh, eight, nine, ten weeks of his eighth grade year at a middle school. Right. Um, the only time I've been like emotional is law school graduation not happening, yeah. which is the Saturday. Um, and, and we've done my, my students have done a fantastic job, uh, despite what you read in various places on the media. Uh, our, my students have done a fantastic job of rallying around each other and around the school. And uh, so we're going to have a virtual graduation on Saturday. There's going to be like they've asked people to set up these Zoom rooms where graduates can drop in and you can congratulate them. Uh, and I'm setting that up. But I, I did uh, because there are a fair number of the uh, graduating third years that listen. I just I want to tell them that, uh, you know, on a personal on a personal note, um, th- these guys, they um, they I'm, I'm really proud of them. Uh, they're handling they're handling shit in a way that I just never would have at their age because. I would have been a petulant little asshole. I'd have just thrown my sucker hard in the dirt. And um, the way they're handling just going about their business. I mean, for God's sakes, the, the bar exam is moved. There's no guarantee they will have seats in the bar exam when it's in September. Uh, and they still won't know that for another three weeks to a month or a month and a half. Uh, because we don't know. All these things we're talking about applies to any number of things, including a place where you're going to have 1,400 people walk in a room and take an exam, uh, all go in at the same time, all leave at the same time. And um, they are handling it fantastically well. And I've gotten uh, several notes from, from them. It's like, hey, y'all got to do a podcast again because <laughs> we need it. And uh, it tr- dear listener, dear listener, as much as you need it, we've needed this too. And it has been super cathartic. And I'm not saying we're done, with, uh, Scott, because I know you have uniform talk and Twitter I, questions yeah. and some trivia. Um, probably have to guess a number. Um, There's no trivia tonight. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm disappointed you. Taking this, a break. This is, like, this is like the very special episode of Family Ties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just that there's no laugh track. It's right, all, right. It's, uh, you know, it's all. Uh, it's they did all, that one time, didn't they? That yeah. was the, that was the yeah. one that was presented without commercial interruption. Yeah, where Alex's buddy died in the car crash. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he had a talk with God at the end. Of, yeah, the end. okay. Uh, at the time, it seemed like a really big deal, but I feel like it doesn't come up in popular culture conversation. That well, uh, Blossom got her period, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, remember the song? Uh, also, uh, what was the song where him and uh, oh, uh, at this moment? Yeah, at this that yeah. Song? yeah, that was the yeah. That was, yeah, that was the one where him and uh, I forget what his girlfriend's name on that show was. God, I'm old. It's his wife in real life. I know life. it's his wife in real life, but yeah. like on the uh, Ellen was it? Yeah, I want to say was it Ellen. Ellen? Okay, yeah, I think it was Ellen. Yeah. Somebody's yelling there. Wait a minute, hold on. What if people listen to their podcast on now? They're not driving. Oh, I haven't listened to as many as I used to. No, I don't have time. I would subtract oh, was that, twenty was that, years. <laughs> Was that the blind guy that sang that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Bill Healy, Healy. Yeah, that's the Healy band. Something. Yeah, the, Jeff Healy band. Jeff Healy band. Yeah. That's right. We yeah. figured it out. Good also, news. oh boy, Man, now we quarantine brain starting to work again. Woo, yeah. woo. Let's talk about Roadhouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he punches a man's heart out through his chest. Um, so what a I got is I got a fell on me. I'm going to read a couple of the Twitter questions, and then I've got buy or sell. Yes. Um, it all feels so normal. Questions. And then I'm teasing this. Uh, I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow that is the first podcast I've been on that I had no editorial control over. It's so much fun. Is it? <laughs> is it? 
So I will, uh, I will share that, that with you. It's a podcast. I can curse, of, and I'm just like, ah, he'll yeah. get it. Yeah, it's a podcast out of L.A. They reached out to I'll, I'll get into that. But, um, but, yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. I was given it, I was sent an email today by the producer saying, hey, your show's going to be released. I recorded this back in March, like right after. It, it pertains to the coronavirus. Wow. Not that I have it, but just like how we're dealing with it. I'll get into it. Okay. Um, so, we got a couple. I have, I have a do you low-key yeah. have an MD that I don't know about? Huh? Do you low-key have an MD that I don't know about? No. Okay. I'm yeah. just curious. I have a question, actually. Before we start, before uh-huh. we do the question, I, this is the serious question before we start. Okay. Do you guys know anyone that's had it? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I was wondering. I have know several people. Yes. I have an ex that had it. Yes. Actually. She's fine. Uh, but and they, they recovered? Yeah. And okay. yeah. Working on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. This is uh, from Mike DeLong. Mike DeLong7, he says, if we have a COVID-shortened season and Georgia wins the college football playoff title, does that put an asterisk by the title for you? I think this would apply more for baseball this year, but I can already hear the Jort wears, that's the Florida fans, of, uh, for those of you not informed, and Techies complaining that we only won because it wasn't a full schedule. I would obviously still take it, a championship is a championship, but looking back on our epic run during 2017, I don't... I don't know if it would feel as satisfying as that would have been if we were able to cap it off by beating Alabama back then. Okay, may I, before you go, Tony, uh, I, I, I'm going to give an outline for how this might work from my own experience. And I know if you agree, because I, 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 I want to know what you think about this. Uh, and I'm going to use the Cardinals, of course. 2006... The St. Louis Cardinals won 83 games. They That's were, the least number of wins by a Super, uh, World ever, Series champion. World right. Series ever, ever. By like six games, yeah, eight games. They were a very bad team. I, I, Deadspin had just started when that, and I live-blogged the uh, the playoff games, and basically was just like, this team is horrible. I can't wait for them to lose so I can get on with my life. It was just They were a terrible team that just got hot in the postseason and then played a, against the Tigers in the World Series. That's famously the, team, the, the season where... All the Tigers pitchers kept making errors out of nowhere. There was a, literally a pitcher error in every game wow. of the World Series. And they were all key and huge. Like, the Cardinals did not play well, but they still won because the Tigers were terrible. And at the time, everyone was like, the Cardinals are the world. The Cardinals had not won the World Series. I know now we're just so used to the Cardinals winning the World Series all the time. But they had not won one in 24 years, which is a substantial period of time. That is longer than it has been almost a little. Uh, it's one year less than what the Braves have had. And it feels like a long time since the Braves won the World Series. It's been a long time. I was six. I was seven years old when the Cardinals won the World Series. I was 31. When they uh, when they won the World Series, long time, and it was glorious. It was awesome. I didn't want to hear what anybody had to say about like, oh, they were a bad team. It didn't deserve it. I didn't care because I was howling at the moon for a week because the Cardinals won the World Series. Then in 2011, when they won legit in the most amazing way possible, I could finally admit. That 2006 was maybe a little fluky and maybe not, and maybe that 2011 was better. This would be my advice for Georgia fans in this situation, is if they do win this year, we can all howl at the moon and we can all go crazy. And then when they get another one, we can be like, okay, this one's actually better. <laughs> that, is, that, that is my theory as to how that should happen. That's a great way of Using my experience yeah. about the Cardinals. I, I, I probably agree with that, but first off, Tech fans can kiss my ass. Yeah, their last, last national the championship was, uh, it was um, 
was split with Colorado because uh, they, some uh, an official came. It, it was a clip by uh, yeah, Notre Dame. It was a clip by yeah. Notre Dame. Uh, and then you know, look, Florida fans, huh, championship game is in Miami, guys. Um, I will watch the sunrise on South Beach wearing Versace thong. I'm telling you right now, that's going down if that happens. Um, does Versace still have a thong? I know he's dead, but um, <laughs> he's been dead. <laughs> he's been dead for for a very long time. I'm sorry. He died of, died All right, kids, death. if you don't know who, who Versace is, look him up. Um, no, I, I I think I, I do agree with that. Well, you know, it's interesting you talk about that that Cardinals team. Um, I was at uh, the NLCS game, not game, not game six, game five. In St. Louis? In St. Louis. Yeah. yeah, I went to that game. I sat like three rows behind Al Herbrowski. It was awesome. And um, I remember watching that game. It was like, this, other than the, like, the atmosphere was great, but it, watching the game, it felt like a mid-July game. Like, it was just like, it was just like, they were just, they were a good team. They yeah. weren't just like, yeah. I mean, they weren't. They had pools and then a bunch of other people. Yeah. I mean, they weren't the 85 Braves, oh, yeah. but they also weren't, they weren't the 11 Cardinals. Right. And, um. In, in, in my take on this is like if Georgia wins the national championship this year, unless it's like just the SEC championship, and even then I'm going to crow. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to count it, and I'm going to go to the flag raising. I'm going to buy the T-shirts and the Sports Illustrated uh, oh, VCRs. Yes, yes, because it's possible you don't get another one. It is possible. In which case, it's like celebrate like crazy. Because all again, I didn't, <laughs> ask a Miami fan. Yeah, like I didn't know in five years the Cardinals were going to have a better World Series win. As far as I knew, this was the one I was going to get in my lifetime or since I was a kid. I went nuts. I went absolutely crazy uh, throughout that World Series title. Uh, if they win it this year, even if it's an odd year, it totally counts and it should count. I agree. Okay, one more from uh, Lee Munger. He says, Georgia loses to Alabama week three, but avenges loss in SEC championship game. Both have one loss. Do they allow both teams in the college football playoff? What if roles are reversed? Well, let's let's work on the assumption of this being a um, normal season. This being a normal season okay. where all the teams play, everything happens. Um, I, I think the I think you still have to look at context there. I think a, a normal season the past few years, both teams would have gotten in. I mean, hell, it happened when Alabama beat Georgia in the national championship game, even though they didn't play each other. Um, I, I think so. This year, harder to say because the the shorter the season is, the higher likelihood there are undefeated conference champions. And I just don't – I don't see any way a one-loss non-conference champion team going if there's four undefeated conference champions. Gosh, I hope we get to debate that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not for Georgia's sake, but just that would mean everything's kind of back to – Because that's another thing to figure is that, like, if only the SEC plays, exactly. how do you even do the playoff? How do you even, like – is the playoff LSU, Georgia, Georgia Florida, and, Florida? and Florida. maybe Ole Miss surprises <laughs> well, someone? Well, the, the true national championship will happen in early December in, in Atlanta. There ain't no damn way that Dabo ain't be getting Clemson. <laughs> like Clemson, he will make those kids play just to put the hair on their chest. They need hair on their chest. This is... All right, so let's get into some buy or sell. All right, I just wrote these down Good. as I normally do. <laughs> God, feels so normal. <laughs> All right, uh, Georgia. We'll play a full 12-game season. Buy or sell? Sell. Sell. I'm going to sell that, too. Oof. 11. It's a hard thing to say. 11 games. Look, I mean, as it stands today, uh, I, I said this earlier, if you if you had to make me decide whether or not Georgia was going to play Virginia on Labor Day uh, and make me pick a side, I would say no right now. Um, it just it feels like it feels like no. Okay. Uh, buy or sell? There will be a small percentage 
of fans in Sanford Stadium? Sell. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to actually sell that more than the 12 game season, to be honest. Really? I just don't see it. I just, I just, I just, I, I, I can see, see like 10,000 spread out. I think there are none, or it's full, okay. or at least none, or everybody can come. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. And I listen. I understand. Just like we talked about earlier, there's just donors that we're going to want to get in there, and it depends on we're defining it. Like, right? It, uh, maybe um, empty stands, but skyboxes full. That I can see. But are we classifying that as fans? Or, or not? I like, would think it would be better epidemiologically to be outside rather than an enclosed skybox. Yeah, but you can't control that. Like to me, the issue is not so much. Uh, it's not so much that like the. I agree. In, in, right, in right. general, it's like that. But in a stadium like that, it feels like if you've got a small number of people, your top donors would be like, you can watch this from the skybox, but use the rules. You can get them to do that. Once you start opening up the stands to people, you you need a kind of police presence to stop them from doing dumb stuff. I agree. All right, now these are all across the board. These are good. I'm like, okay. like come on, man. All right, so you see how you like this. Buy or sell. Fishing is therapeutic. Buy. Oh. Absolutely. We've been, we've been fishing the past few days. I have not days. done it, but I, I would like to. Yeah. I went Saturday. The kids, Saturday night. The kids are enjoying trying everything from... Night crawlers to spinner bait to crickets that they catch on the way. Where are y'all going? Up here at the lake. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I love, by the way, I love that you're, I've seen your kids coming up to the windows here several times and they're just like, they're just like, is that another person? Is that someone I'm not related to? Hello, person I'm not related to. Yeah. And they don't care that they that it's way past their bedtime because it doesn't really matter, yeah, does what, it? What, what, what is the law <laughs> right. anymore? There's oh, no we're matter. sticking to the bedtime at our house. We are too. We are too. I got to go to bed. Yeah, we, we for that reason. That, I mean, look, the only normal thing I'm doing, uh, drink, CrossFit mentioned. I've, I've still been going to CrossFit at 530. Good for um, you because I have missed Well, we, we, I mean, we, we go to a private CrossFit gym. It, there's uh, Kristen and I and one other person. It's like Fight Club, right? <laughs> we didn't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> And, um, I mean, it's me and Chris and I, one other person, and, um, it's, it's the most normal thing we do. Of course, of course we come home, shower and take a nap because, you know, I don't have to drive anywhere. Um, but it's, uh, it's, that has been awesome. Good. Uh, all right. Buy or sell. You're watching more TV than ever before. Sell. I would definitely say sell on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say sell. We're, we're actually not watching a lot of television. Where uh, I'm drinking a lot more, but I'm yeah. not. Uh, uh, but I'm but I'm but I'm reading more. Uh, I'm uh, definitely online more, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm working on that. I'm but, actually online less. Yeah, I'm working. I've been less in the last. I actually noticed. I'm. Uh, it's been a good sign. The last three weeks, I've gotten those little alerts saying that your usage time is down from mm-hmm. last week, which I consider. You know, a positive. Are we talking? Wait a minute. Are we talking online like for work, work, or online checking social media? Work, work is social and media. junk. So, okay, yeah, like I'm or, like or news, or news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's news. It's news. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, listen. For the first two weeks of this, I mean, I, oh, yeah. I was just, yeah, how could you not, right? Yeah. And yeah. and now that it's become what it's become of everybody right. yelling at each other across oh, the yeah. board, it's just not good. And again. I'm not going to go to the rabbit hole on this, but uh, once I made the decision to stop watching the press conferences, uh, that helped a lot. That I never could. A lot. Even if you support the guy, I don't know how you possibly could at this point, but if you did, uh, I feel like maybe it's for the best. 
even people that support the guy don't think the press conferences were good. So uh, I think maybe it's good that the, uh, that's helped. Yeah, I have not watched a newscast in probably 30 days. I mean, if I'm watching anything, it's on Hulu or The Last Dance, which I'm getting to that. Um, all right, buy or sell the NBA Finals, Olympic hockey, SEC football games on replay. Because I've seen all those. That's why I wrote them down. Yeah, bye. Yeah, I'm more, I'd love, I've mentioned this before, I love that George is doing the old games on the mm-hmm. podcast. On the radio. Yeah, and yeah. I love, love it. it's, it's It's actually been kind of a good educational thing for me as someone that was not around. Yeah, I didn't think for about those that. Games. To like go for a run and listen to a Munson call right. Georgia Tech game, right. you it, get it now, right? It's, I do. Like I understand, I get a vibe for what his personality was and how it does seem kind of infused in the Georgia fan base in a way that I did not understand until I've had a chance to do that. That's awesome. So I'm I love, glad you did that. That's... I love that they're doing that. I love it. You know what I found on an old MP3? Here we go again on the MP3s. Uh, I found the last seven minutes. Of Munson doing the play-by-play for when Georgia stormed the field against Tennessee at Sanford Stadium. It is hilarious. I'd never heard it before. I don't know how I have it, but I've got the last seven minutes of oh, it. Oh, I would and, uh, love I to sh- hear that. Yeah, I should play it for y'all sometime, but it is gold. I don't know if anybody listening has ever heard that. If you need it or want it, maybe I'll upload it to a Google Drive and send it to you. Um, all right, so buy or sell. You won't see... 92,000 fans at Sanford until 2021. Bye. That's kind of a redundant question. I mean, Sorry about I mean, that. No, not really, because I guess, you could yeah. sell and say 2022. Yeah. <laughs> or you could also sell and say that even, oh, the stadium's open, we don't give it 80 or 60 or 40. I mean, that's right. the question, right? Yeah. Is, I, I, mean, I think I agree with Will. I mean, listen, you can go fly right now if you want to. Sure. Right. But why would you? Right. And, all right, buy or sell in these – oh, I got it. Okay, I see what I wrote here. <laughs> All right, so this is mainly from Jennifer because she complains and almost throws the remote at the TV every time she sees a commercial that says this. In these, in these unprecedented times. times, in times like these, or stay safe. Yeah, yeah. Do you buy or sell those terms that people are using to for commercials? I think I'm kind of over it. I now. like stay safe. Okay. Stay Agreed. safe is an active thing. Okay. That is a reminder that I not only I'm worried about you, but there are things that you can do to make your like I feel like that's better. But like Taco Bell's contactless delivery cares about me. <laughs> oh, that's a contactless uh, yeah, delivery. Like, yeah, that is, you can get a uh, car contactless yeah, delivery. Yeah, that, yeah. The contactless delivery is a wonderful sort of idea. It's like, oh yeah, we just found some poorly paid person to drop the shit. We are not going to hug you. We <laughs> right. are not going to come up into your face. <laughs> I had never really thought about Taco Bell as a place to find human contact before. <laughs> right. So, uh, guys, imagine how many how many fewer pornos are being shot because pizza <laughs> delivery guys aren't going in, in apartments now. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Did somebody need a coffee machine? Um, there was there a story I am. about this the other day. There I am. Apparently, there is a site. I don't know the name of it, but there's like a website that's about homemade Pornhub. Porn. Oh, and no, I know about Pornhub, <laughs> but it's like a homemade. I, I don't know the URL for the site. What? There's a. It's a homemade porn site that apparently has exploded in popularity in the last month and a half. Why? It's all just people making porn out of their houses and uh, people watch. Wait, it's not gotten that bad in Watkinsville. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like there's decades of built-up material. <laughs> 
Like, like, listen, all of these people like you. I never get a chance to watch The Wire. Now is your time. Now's your you time. You don't need to watch new stuff right now. Go get caught up on oh, the nineties. The kid, we're on, we just started season two of Lost with the kids. The kids are loving it. <laughs> yeah, wait, they're about to be. They're disappointed. <laughs> oh my god. Months, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's when they lost me. Oh, uh, sorry. All right, so buy or sell. And, and I was going to just make it very general, but I want to make it specific. What is your favorite episode so far of The Last Dance? I'll let, I'll let Will go because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Well, I've, I've been watching them. Um, I would say uh, the first couple because that was when I – it was before I realized that, A, this was going to be a Michael Jordan hagiography project, and, B, that I was going to – I wrote about this for The Washington Post – um, I'm really, this is, uh, everyone has their own reactions to this. Some people really love the, I'm a big swinging dick and I'm the alpha male and I'm in charge. And that makes me win thing that Jordan does. I don't like it. I actually feel like, uh, the careers of almost every other superstar in NBA history is a testament to the fact that you don't have to be an asshole to everyone around you to win. Uh, so I find the footage wonderful, not the backstage footage. Remember, that was the whole thing that we were sold in this project was like, oh, they've got all this backstage stuff. It's not that great. Like most of it's like, here's another angle of a press conference. That security guy's hair is amazing. No, that guy's stuff. But basically, <laughs> again, it's like it's either here's another angle of a press conference or here are people that love Michael Jordan talking about how Michael Jordan, awesome Michael Jordan. Well, not Thomas. What's that? Not Isaiah Thomas. You can well, tell yeah, but, yeah, but again, Isaiah Thomas is almost like this weird, like, listen, I, yeah. I'm a Knicks fan. I will never defend Isaiah Thomas. But the idea, like, Isaiah Thomas can eat it. But like, generally speaking, <laughs> like, Sorry. It made me realize that I don't actually enjoy Michael Jordan's company very much. I enjoy him as an athlete. I enjoy watching him. It's been fun to watch my, as I wrote in my Washington Post piece, it's fun to watch my son stick his tongue out when he drives the Nerf hoop in our room uh, for a player that was born, that played 15, 20 years before he was born. Uh, it's amazing. Like, that's yeah. really, really fun. And it's, it speaks to the stuff that I loved about Michael Jordan that, that, that is universal about him. As a personality and as a lead character of a ten-part series, um, even my, the thing the analogy I used was I think OJ Made in America is brilliant. And uh, the thing about OJ Made in America, America, imagine and I'm not comparing Michael Jordan and OJ, but imagine if every single time something happened in that story, they had this exclusive three-hour, uh, four-day interview with OJ, and they're like, "Hey OJ, what was it like when that happened?" And then you just have to deal with all of OJ's bull. That didn't tell you it give you any enlightenment over what happened at all. Like having Jordan's interviews be the center of the documentary, I think actually hurts it a ton because I don't like ultimately something amazing will happen and they'll cut to Jordan. He'll be like, Isaiah Thomas was a bitch. Gary Payton couldn't guard me. And it's like, you know what? The story's actually more interesting than what than your big swinging dick thing over this. So I like it. But uh, I'm actually kind of ready for it to be over, to be honest. It sounds well, like I didn't, don't need I, to watch it because I felt yeah. that way about him all along. Well, you know what? I love it. So, yeah. you know. I, I watch yeah. it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But to it's me, like, very nostalgic here's for the, me. It is definitely nostalgic. Right. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I, did, um, did you guys ever see Jordan play in person? Yes. One time. The Hawks. Or not with the Hawks, but against the Hawks. Wait, 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 I saw the Georgia Dome. Which oh, you so we were at that game. Yeah, yeah. Because that's part of the documentary. Yeah, there was like sixty-eight thousand. Oh, so people. you were at that game, right? Oh, that's awesome. I didn't have great seats. I was barely there. Right, right. 
Because I was, I, it was, I understand what you're talking about nostalgia. Because I was also very excited to realize that the one game that I saw Jordan play is also in the documentary. Mm-hmm. It is when the, that period where Scottie Pippen is hurt at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and not playing, and right. they keep losing. Yep. That game where they played against the really terrible Clippers, mm-hmm. where they have to go three overtimes and oh, yeah. score 55 yeah. points. I was at that game because I lived in Los Angeles at the time. So that was my that was that was back when uh, the Los Angeles Times had an advertisement uh, with a big picture. Of Michael Jordan and a small picture of Brent Barry. Oh, and the yeah. advertisement was Brent Barry doesn't have to pay a lot of money to see Michael Jordan, and neither do you with our six game plan <laughs> through. And that worked for me. I totally I was like, I'll go see Michael Jordan. And it was the one time I got to see Michael Jordan. I'm, and I probably paid $13 uh, at the LA Sports Arena. Wow. And it was, wor- I mean, I get to say I saw, I may not like Michael Jordan as a person, but. I saw Michael Jordan score 55 points in his final season. Uh, that's a memory I'll never forget. Yeah, it, um, the nostalgic part, I had I owned one pair of Jordans in my life. I had the Jordan 5s, the one with the reflective tongue, I guess you could say. I had the white, the white ones. And uh, back in middle school, I, a girlfriend of mine spilled nail polish all over my white Jordans. Um, so anyway, uh, that was a bummer. And so... Because of this, uh, and it wasn't thanks Jennifer. to huh, it wasn't Jennifer. No, no, no. I can't even remember the girl's name. He said that, that was a long time ago. ago but uh, but yeah, I, and they're somewhere. It was Donna. My, it's one of those things where it's somewhere at my parents' house. I don't know where they are. The pair of shoes, not the not the girlfriend. <laughs> She's still there. The I wasn't pair, asking. The pair you of shoes. Very mad. But uh, what it did was it. Uh, it thanks to She's thanks to Sam Franco, uh, our friend Sam, oh, yeah, uh, the Sam, announcer. Yeah, he yeah. tweeted something that those shoes were going on sale on this uh, app, and I got in and I spent way too much money and I rebought those pair of shoes. The pair of shoes you still own? Huh? No, well, I don't know where they are, and they have nail polish on them. If I did find them, so I got the pristine version, and they're almost like they're just sitting in my office, like almost just sitting there because they meant a lot to me. When I was younger, so I got a re-release. So anyway, I told the boys, I was like, look, if y'all's foot gets to a size 10 one day, which, you know, I, I know your son's already passed that. Uh, mine, mine are, they're a little smaller than Charlie. <laughs> but I was like, look, on a special occasion, you can wear these, you know, because they were saying, well, don't you want to keep these, like, pristine? I'm like, no, they're shoes. I'm going to wear them every now and then. I'm not going to go <laughs> run in the mud with them, but you can wear them, you know, so... Anyway, uh, that went longer than I thought on uh, that explanation. But I, I do I, like. I don't, I don't want to be too anti it. Right. I just I feel like I enjoy it, like everybody yeah. else does. But I cannot shut off my critical valve. I get you uh, in that, and uh, it is definitely very much a Jordan-approved project. Right. All right. Final question on uh, buy or sell. Jake Fromm will have a ten-year NFL career. Maybe he's a backup. Maybe he's a starter. Maybe bouncing around. I'm gonna say sell. Yeah, I I think I have to say sell too. He really felt quite. A bit. Why does it feel more like David Green slash Aaron Murray in NFL career? It suddenly does, right? Well, but here, here's the thing, and this is something I, I couldn't help but think during the draft is that had had I'm glad you brought this up. Teams yeah. been able to talk to him, I feel like he would have gone higher. Sure, um, because what you're getting with him is his football knowledge, his ability to. It, it really is his football knowledge, right? He is able to suss <laughs> out defenses like before. He's like a coach, right? And whatever. We saw him make incredible throws. Like, I'm not trying to say. But no, he, I, I don't yeah. mean to imply. He's but just he like. But he can't do that dart that right. you have to do in the NFL. Right. But think about it. Who was the Falcons' backup quarterback the past couple of years? Chris Chandler. Matt Schaub, <laughs> who's like 
48 years old yeah, and has barely former, ever played. There's a former, a former starter. starter, yeah. And and I agree, but like I I will say uh the it I it's very been very funny because you know my as as I mentioned my uh my wife's family the father's side of the family is all from Buffalo. They're huge Buffalo fans. Like Buffalo's chance they got him. Oh yeah, and season ticket holders for 50 years. And it's funny because her brother, I think her brother may have like had a disagreement with some like from esque dudes from the Warner Robins area around like 1990 because he grew up in he grew up in Columbus but now lives in Buffalo. He has hated Jake Fromm the entire oh, four years, wow. three years he was here, and we've been like, no, he's really good. He's like he's an asshole. I'm like, you've literally never met this guy. And he's half your age, and but something like he something about that from brought him up. Well, now he's a diehard Bills fan and Fromm's there. And I was like, so what do you think? He's like, oh, he's gonna be awesome. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So you're you're you've come back around. I think that like generally backup quarterbacks are not rookies. Like I think that's a little bit of a worry. Is you don't like the Bills drafted him because I think that they thought, wow, what a value. They're a smart group. I think you can make a pretty strong argument. The Bills are the favorites in the AFC East if there's a season this year, which would be a very Buffalo Bills Definitely thing. not the Patriots. Yeah, it would be a very Buffalo Bills thing to be the favorites sure. in a year that there is no football. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it could happen. But uh, I think they have a very smart people in charge of them. They make good decisions. From was a smart play for them. I still feel like like Josh Allen is good. I think he's. I think they consider him a quarterback that can win them a lot of games and maybe even get them to the Super Bowl. Generally speaking, guys like that that are still young, A, he's much more mobile than Fromm. He's got a bigger arm than Fromm. He runs a very different kind of offense than Fromm would run for them, and Fromm will be a rookie. Uh, I still feel like there's a situation where it gets to the end of the year and Buffalo is winning and uh, Allen gets hurt and Fromm comes in and just has a badass game and everyone is like, see, there it is. I can Spitting see. the ball. Yeah, I can see. Uh, I tell you. If well, I mean, says, it's, yeah. it's just not – it's not inconceivable. Dude, I don't – I've never liked, although the obvious comparisons are there, the, the Tom the Tom Brady comparison, right? That, I mean, that's how Brady became the starter. Um, uh, God, what was the guy's name? Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. You know, Bledsoe. You know, who, you know who knocked him out? Former uh, Georgia Bulldog Mo Lewis. Mo Lewis did that? Yes. I did, did not remember that. So, but, you know, Drew Bledsoe was, he was an established starter. You know, Tom Brady was a, he was like a third round pick out of Michigan oh. or something like that. Yeah, he was He like, was a 199th pick. Okay. Oh, gosh, he was a fifth rounder then. Yeah. Fourth rounder. Seven, late I fourth round. Fifth or sixth, yeah. Yeah. Do the yeah, math. Yeah. I, that's a lot of math. <laughs> 157,000 round. I think he's a different, he's a different quarterback. So the path to him to get 10 years in the NFL is that he becomes, he becomes invaluable as a backup in the way that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers did in, in Green Bay. He becomes almost the heir apparent at some point. The problem is, is like, Allen's only a year ahead of him. Um, but he also is, a, I mean, Schaub, I mean, Schaub got traded from the Falcons. He went to Houston for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because well, they, they, they earned money on, you know, basically they played him and right. they, they basically bidded up his, yeah. you know, value. Yeah. And I mean that that that's the path for Fromm. That could happen. That Fromm. right, you know, right. that the word gets around in football circles that Fromm's a guy you need in your clubhouse. He, it, I mean, if Josh Allen steps up and goes from good to great, and he's like, you know, the guy behind me pushing me really helped me help me get there. I mean, that's yeah, and then maybe that's they get the a third round to, for him or something, right? But that's but, the path to but ten that years. That begs from the him. question of, and again, 
he did not know when he made this decision because now we can look back and be like, hey, there might not be a football season. Sure, it looks like Jake Fromm made the right decision to leave. It sure does. Yeah. But of course, obviously, that's not the reason that he did it. No. So if there were a regular football season and there were not a pandemic going on, I think the questions about did Jake Fromm make the right decision? Oh, that would be everywhere. I mean, it would be everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think there is a blessing for all but of again, us. But again, maybe him. he goes higher in the draft if he has an opportunity to sell himself. Well, I mean, but I mean, I don't think anybody being rational. I mean, his his ceiling was late second round, early third round, right? So the odds of him going, he was never going to go Thursday night. Um, he potentially could have gone. Friday, but I think even the most level head of us thought he was going to go early Saturday. I mean, so we really only fell around and a half. I mean, you know, the the South Florida quarterback being picked above him was, was like, like you know, guess a kick in the balls, but whatever. Well, how about Rod, Hot Rod getting not getting drafted? That surprised me. That, that did surprise that absolutely surprised drafted. me because I went back and looked at the stats. George's other kicker was good, but he was a Hot Rod good. Hot Rod won the Ray Guy Award or the Blue Groza, <laughs> Groza Award. He wore the Groza and the and, Ray Guy. But he but he had I'm like kidding. the third highest percentage <laughs> of touchbacks and yes. and he. You know, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it could just be it's like and we who don't... knew Georgia Southern was such a, a kicker paradise because we the Falcons got Sung Hoo Kim or who? well, I mean Robbie Gold's from there, Robbie Gold, and now this kid, yeah, who was Robbie Gold's the one that died in the car wreck, right? No, no he's, Robbie he's Gold's the guy that missed the field goal that made for the, the yeah. Bears. No, that was uh, the Ole Miss kicker or the oh, Auburn right, kicker, right, right, right. Parky. Okay. Yeah, right, right. I don't know. never yeah. liked him yeah. or his brother. No, that's not his. I know they're thinking bro- of the Auburn, Auburn bro kickers. Wait a minute. Well, it's been on. a while yeah, since yeah. we talked football. We're very, we're very, we're rusty. We are, when we're running long, too. And How unlike us. And and <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, debating in my head, actively, if I'm just going to go ahead and label this an explicit episode and say, screw the editing, or go through and hit every single dong, rules, whatever. Quarantine rules. Quarantine rules. Yeah, I don't know. We're all we're all acting a little differently than we yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. No, just say this, good. it's an IFC podcast, and uh, there's... Tip, you know what, Tipper Gore? If you can't handle it, Tipper Gore. So I got explicit. I just got three more things, no and then y'all can three. No, no, this, <laughs> these are short. I'm just just reminders. So, so, just so reminders. our first question is: Explain how a greater deity deals with this uncertain world. The second question: Calculate pi. And the third question is: Why is there suffering? <laughs> Bonus question. Cece Bathia. Discuss. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was just going to mention to follow us on Instagram. It was something as simple as that. Oh, okay. oh At yeah. WSLS Podcast. I'm trying this new thing on Thursdays called uh, Ticket Stub Time Machine. You know, By the way, people love that. I have all those ticket stubs, and I just did some research on last, last week. It was the 1997 Georgia Ole Miss game. And the reason why I was sitting there thinking like, oh, I should write something about this, because I remember I was driving in Oxford when I heard on the radio that Michael Hutchins died of NXS. It was that day. Oh, yeah? And so I was like, well, that's unique. What else? You know, so I made like a little I, Instagram. I, I have always thought NXS was underappreciated. Oh, I'm a big fan. Love NXS. And, yeah. The other thing I was going to say is uh, I have uploaded probably about 25 print images to a new provider i guess you could say where you can get the red sanford print and then a whole bunch more that i never released and it's on pick time and uh, so i'm going to put that in the show notes page and it's i have a discount running through may 20th 
of 20% off. So you can buy images. And the cool thing about this, you could buy anything from like a dollar print that's like a 4x5 or 4x6 up to like a metal print. And it's shipped directly to you. So anyway, and then the final bit is, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow. Uh, I was uh, contacted by Neon Hum Media. It's called Telescope Podcasts, uh, Life in the Time of Corona. They started this podcast right when the coronavirus hit. This uh, production company or media company produces like 12 or 14 other shows. They kind of remind me of Gimlet Media. And in fact, the way they uh, produce their podcast sounds very similar to Gimlet Media, if you're familiar with uh, some of the shows like Heavyweight or Startup Podcast or any of those like that. But uh, I spent probably three days with this field recorder interviewing my wife and myself and sharing thoughts. And this happened like early March. I was freaked out in early March. So I'm a little bit nervous on how it's going to sound tomorrow because I didn't edit it. Uh, these producers did, and they're very good at what they do. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it but you know you know how you feel when uh somebody else edits your words and podcasts tony and will uh but yeah i think it'll be great so i'll put a link in the show notes to uh that podcast as well but otherwise uh man this felt good to do this yeah yeah it's like we never wanted to stop yeah so i think that like uh i don't know um i feel like news is gonna come in the next sure. Like, you know, even I wrote a New York Magazine piece a couple weeks ago about, like, how May was the month, well, at the end, we'll know. At the end of month, if you're a sports fan, at the end of May, we'll know if the stuff's coming back this year. And there's, there's, there is more optimism for all, all sports. To me, the, uh, and I say this on a Georgia football podcast, uh, I'm more nervous about college sports than I am professional sports. I think college sports has more... The fractional nature of it makes it yeah, a little, little, it little more tenuous. There's no one in charge. Yeah. And so when there's no one in charge and when the players aren't getting paid, um, it changes it. And when there's... when Like, imagine... Imagine uh, a scenario where an NFL team can't start unless... Uh, uh, the fans are allowed in geographic areas right next to the stadium. Yeah. Like that's like students got to be here. Right. And I know we're all having discussions on what that means. Does that mean there's an online class? Does that mean for so on? But like when you throw in all the uncertainty with colleges and universities in general and add that to sports, it adds uh, a lot of uncertainty, but I think we're going to, I do knock on wood. I think we're actually going to get some sports, in the next couple of months, and uh, I'll put it this way: if baseball tries and fails, and the NBA can't get their season going, and the NHL season can't get their season going, that's going to make it that much harder for college sports. So, if you are looking for positive signs, definitely root for baseball, root for the NBA. Uh, Woj just sent an alert right now saying that the NBA is feeling very confident about being able to complete their season. Uh, if you if you want if the, if baseball NBA and the NHL get bagged, it's gonna be super hard. Uh, they everybody this is what the NFL is doing. The NFL is sitting back and being like, okay, NFL uh, NBA. Roger Goodell sitting in that chair that he is, did yeah. the draft for. I have to say, I loved the draft. <laughs> we talked about this. I love the draft. I thought I, I've never enjoyed the NFL draft so much. Um, but uh, to me, 
the NFL sitting back and looking at MLB and saying, okay, can you guys do it? Can the NBA do it? Can the NHL do it? If they can, we need to be rooting for that if you want college football. Because if they can make it and kind of succeed, and I don't know when our next podcast is going to be, but I feel like we're going to have some greater clarity on what that's going to happen. Root for baseball to figure it out and make it work. Because if that happens, there's precedent. Already soccer starting to come back around in the world. Root for the MLS. Give me some... Get Bundesliga and EPL. Yes, I go Dortmund. Dortmund, Dortmund guy. All Americans love Dortmund. Um, I, I uh, that find that thing, go in that direction. If you can make it happen, it increases the odds. But uh, otherwise, it's just good to talk to you guys. I'm so happy to see y'all. Let's hug it out. No, we are not hugging it out, <laughs> Mister. I don't wear a mask because it's not it makes me sad. Wear masks. The mask. What's the What's the thing? We've all seen the thing over Facebook about how. Uh, um, uh, it, wearing the mask is like is like a guy that pees on himself. Have you seen this thing? No. So basically, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is the way to think about it for anyone that's still hesitant about wearing a mask. You, the way you need to think about wearing a mask is like wearing pants among a bunch of people that pee everywhere. If you can't control your bladder, for example, <laughs> okay. like you can't control your breath. If I if I'm wearing pants and you're wearing pants. Okay, let's say I'm wearing pants and you're not wearing pants. If you start peeing everywhere, <laughs> it's going to get all over you and it's going to get all over me. Okay. If I'm wearing pants, if I'm wearing if I'm not wearing pants and you're wearing pants, I'm peeing all. But if we're both wearing pants, the only person that gets pee on them is the person doing the pee. Yeah, what kind of pants are we talking? Like no, joggers you wear, no, but see, you wear a mask to protect other people. That's the point. The mask doesn't help you. I've, I've got a bandana. The bandana started to help you. The bandana's you. fine. The bandana's fine. I just, for the record, I got, like, I, my wife and my mother made a Georgia mask, and I gave it to Scott. I wore mine! I know, and Scott said, I know the mask makes me sad. You know what? It all makes me sad, Jennifer man. wears the mask. She yeah. loves it. Yeah, it's a good she, in fact, I've had so many good comments. She, she, she got it all over the TikToks doing, I'm saying, yeah, she, she's on yeah. TikTok. yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, she used. You also the called it TikTok, so you're in your sixties. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doing it. It's she a, is. It's a. It's a. It's a. For the record, it's a Chinese spanning scheme. But uh, I have heard but, that. Uh, <laughs> we don't. None of us know what's ahead. None of us know, knows what we're in for. Uh, I am stop going to stop pretending that I have any more idea than anybody else does. We're just going to do our best to get through it. And hopefully, uh, 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 first off, I hope everyone's okay. And secondly, hopefully, maybe we'll get a little football to talk about. But mostly, it's just good to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's good to see y'all, and uh, congratulations to the class of 2020. I'm going to go hug Tony now. All right, everyone, uh, stay away from from Tony Scott, (laughs) and go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. There were a lot of things mentioned throughout the show that will be linked in the show notes, including a few of Will's recent articles, my new sales page to where you can purchase some Georgia football prints, and of course a link to the Telescope podcast where I shared what life was like for my family and me back in late March and early April, right after the shelter in place for the state of Georgia was put in place. It's a really good episode. I listened to it this morning and I'd love for y'all to take a listen as well. And if you have a question or a comment or really anything else, hit us up on Twitter and also go follow us on Instagram as well. It's the same handle for both at WSLS Podcast. And until next time, just enjoy your time with your family, and we'll hopefully see you on campus very soon. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.